Hey, I'm Ken Pettit. And I'm Martin Frazier. And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Today is January 13th, 2022, and... Martin, it's so glad to hear you. You sound in great health. Um, what are you? What? What? What the fuck are you drinking? I told Kev this before the podcast, and I'm I'm so glad I get a chance to reiterate this. So the Circle K, the gas station. I don't know if Northern people have Circle K. Um, no. Circle K, the gas station, um, was having a special two for five, Tall Boys for Bud Light, uh, Chilada. And uh, I guess that means I'm going to read from the label premium light lager with natural flavors and vegetable juice for color. And it tastes like an alcoholic V8. And I am puking Uh, in my mouth. But that sounds good. Like when you say alcoholic V8, that could be a Bloody Mary. This is not what that sounds like. It it tastes like a very uh, thin Bloody Mary. You know how Bloody Marys are like thick and they got fucking character to them. This just Sick. tastes like yeah. alcoholic tomato juice. I hate that because I feel like I don't know. I've become a turn. I've been starting to turn into a Bloody Mary guy in my later years now, and that sounds disgusting. I don't know how I you fuck with bloody- a good Bloody Mary. Don't get it twisted. I'm not a yeah. huge mimosa fan, but I will fuck with a Bloody Mary all day. Right, I am a mimosa bitch. I do love me some mimosas, but anyway. <laughs> Guys, uh, we have a very exciting show for you today. Even though there hasn't been any Premier League action, we've had some FA Cup uh, action going on. You know, we don't have to talk about that too much, Martin. There wasn't any important news. No big clubs knocked out. Just totally none. Um, Business as usual. And we also have some African Cup of Nations. It was pretty wild day. Uh, Me and Martin are going to talk about how we wish we kind of caught more of the African Cup of Nations based on how fucking nuts the... Tunisia Mali game was today and we also have some transfer news and some fan questions so um, I figured the best way to start this off is to start with the Tunisia Mali game because let me read this off to you Martin Uh, the events which people are now calling that this referee belongs in the Premier League it was one of the worst uh, five minute stretches in refereeing history so here we go uh, the last five minutes of the Tunisia versus Mali game, the ref blew the whistle for the full time at the 85th minute. Uh, already off to a banging start. He then restarts to play, sends off a Mali player in the 87th minute. VAR then tells the ref that it is not a red. The ref said, fuck that. Rejected the VAR decision, which I didn't know you could do. And then the ref blows again for full time at the 89th and 42nd mark. Um, but I, I, no words, no words to describe those chain of events. Um, you know, we talk a lot of shit about English refs, and that's what everyone's saying. Like, oh, Mike D, he must have studied under Mike Dean, and all the jokes have been said, but. I have. Do you remember anything of this massive like fuck up, Martin, in terms of refereeing? No, in terms of just absolute, you know, crazy shit happening. I I don't remember. Like, obviously, there's been some horrific calls over the years. The uh, ballot goal for Chelsea, um, you know, any type of VAR, any given weekend where it's just laughable calls. 
But this is this is just something out of a movie. This had to have been planned beforehand. And Kev, you you talked about the last five minutes of of the game and all the crazy shit that happened then. But I'd be remiss not to say that these players were called back onto the field after 30 minutes post-match, after they've already given their post-match interviews, they were called back on the field to resume the game, and Tunisia refused to take the pitch, so they lost by default. Granted, they were losing 1-0 already, but they lost because they refused to take the pitch again after 30 minutes. I mean, we've heard of, we've heard of crazy stories coming out of African football. Um, I think we were talking earlier this year about the coach, player, and owner who was just straight up embezzling his money um, through the I thought club. that was South America. I thought that was Africa. I, I, I don't know. Um, that was that, a crazy story, though. Yeah. Pr- someone proved one of us wrong. Um, but, like, this, this is just nuts, dude. This is, like, FIFA on steroids. This is something that you know, is is such a shame for the African game because we were just talking about how it's really coming into its own and, you know, people need to take it more seriously, especially with emerging talent. And this kind of mars the African Cup of Nations on what I believe the second day of the tournament. Um, the, the, the only explanation that makes sense to me, Kev, is that this ref was paid off. There, that's the only thing that makes sense. He was certainly paid off. Corruption in the African Cup of Nations, Martin. Why would I know you are? Well, I would say that, but because it was so many things, I just think he he just fucking blew it. I don't know. I feel like I, I, just because there were so many in the span of time, I think this guy's brain like like sorted out. Like it, like he had a short circuit. He his brain was a hamster, and the wheel stopped turning. Like I don't know. I just can't believe you could fuck up that many times in a five minute mark. Like I've seen games where Mike Dean or Andrew Mariner, whoever it is over the course of a game has fucked up the game completely from start to over 90 minutes. I have Mm -hmm, never seen mm -hmm. in such a short span. It was like when Lenadowski scored five goals and what was it like 11 minutes or something like I've never, it was like you, it was like watching uh, a train wreck. You couldn't turn your eyes away from it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess the, the the conspiracy theory is that he was paid off, which it's not that far. I mean, I, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, for that many things to have happened, but just because that many things happen, like, I just think it's just everyone just collectively just messing up and shout out to Tunisia. Like if I was in the shower and they're like, hey, come back out here after you had to deal with all that crazy, all that dumb shit, I've been like, fuck off. Just give us just give me the loss. We'll move on. Half of us don't even really want to be here, probably. I don't know. Like, just whatever. Yeah, absolutely nuts way. And I was telling Kev before the podcast, like, I haven't been able to watch any any matches of the um, tournament so far. And to be honest, I probably won't watch um, very many matches as it goes forward. But this is this is one of the matches where I want to find the full replay on YouTube and just cackle for six minutes straight because this is something so outlandish i mean this this is something that will go down in history as the worst worst kerfuffle in sports history this is nuts this is great this is exactly what i needed on this thursday morning to wake up oh at least i'm not as bad as the referee who managed tunisia versus Mali. at least i'm not that bad i'm better than that yeah i mean the bar is so low so it is. It is. And you know what? I'm above the bar if it sits that low. 
Yeah, I've mostly caught clips, but I'm like you. I've been working all day, so I haven't really had a chance to like watch any of the matches. But so far, I've seen all the highlights have been just crazy tackles, crazy, crazy refereeing decisions. But the thing that's the crazy of this thing of this is you can reject VAR if you're like the ref on the pitch. You can I, do that. I thought that I thought that was well. I thought that was why VAR or one of the bylaws of when VAR was originally introduced into the prem where. The referee, the center ref on the pitch, could call re- call VAR. Only he could call VAR. VAR couldn't step in. So I, I I thought that was a rule, and I've obviously been proving wrong over the past two and a half years um, with the implementation and interruption by VAR. But I I don't think I ever thought someone would have the balls to be like, ah, eh, nah. We're not going to listen to VAR. Nah, I said red card. It's a red card. So, you know, of all the fuck ups, shout out to the re- that referee for standing up to VAR. Unsung hero, maybe. Yeah, set a new precedent, I guess. A, not a really good one, but like set a, a part of it. I don't know. I I don't know, Martin. I, I just like reading that list off. I'm just like. It it just feels like someone's like uh, like writing the Hollywood script, and then what if something like this happened next? And it's like, well, no, that's so unrealistic. That would never happen. And it's like, oh wait, um, okay, uh, go watch African Cup of Nations. We highly recommend. It's pretty fucking nutty. Um, now let's move on to some transfers. There's been some transfers going on. Uh, Coutinho is back in the Premier League at Aston Villa, teaming up with Steven Gerrard, and apparently Atletico Madrid does not want to keep Suarez past this season. So let's get the gang back together. CVG, Coutinho, Suarez. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Another title. Don't failure. say it. Don't say um, it. I, that's, I mean, we were talking, I, I guess it was like two weeks ago about some of the mon- money laundering football transfers in our lifetime. Um, Alvaro Morata is definitely one. I think Philip Coutinho is in a strong second place. Maybe James Rodriguez jumps into second place. But, I mean, I, I think the most telling thing about um, Philip Coutinho is when he left Anfield, and I think it was in like 2017, I can't remember when it was, but Jurgen Klopp said to him before he left, if you stay here, they will build a statue for you. If you If you leave our club then you will just become another player, a forgotten player. And I don't think anything has been so true out of the words of Jurgen Klopp's mouth in quite some time. I mean, that hit the nail on the head. And I mean, I I remember when he was certainly one of the best players in in the Prem, and I don't think his game ever progressed uh, once he got to Barcelona. Um, uh, I think he kind of found his form when he played for... um, Bayern Munich for a little bit, but I mean, shoot, what a disappointing turn of events. I hope he can turn it around at Aston Villa. Love the villains, but I just don't see it happening, man. Yeah, he did score those goals against Barcelona at Bayern. People forget. That's um, right. Yeah, we'll see. I think CVG is doing a phenomenal job. You guys got him again this weekend because you just played him in the FA Cup and then you got him in the Premier League, right, this weekend? So. Yeah, and uh, I, re- I saw I have the Manchester United app, and I thought it was glitching out because I, I checked the score after we beat them in the FA Cup, and then I saw that we were playing them next. I'm like, eh, no way we're playing them. And then I double-checked myself. And you know what? Uh, I think that game on Saturday is going to be a pretty feisty game. The FA Cup game was a little bit sketchy when it comes to refereeing decisions. Maybe we need a ref from Tunisia in there. 
Um, but it's it's going to be fun. I like the way Stevie G has the this Villa team playing. I think his additions of Philip Coutinho um, and uh, Lucas Digne from Everton are, are excellent January transfer window moves and improve the squad. Uh, I was shocked by the Lucas Digne. I thought he was set for Chelsea. I thought Chelsea were really eyeing him up with like Chilwell and everything not going well. And, you know, I, th- I really thought Chelsea was going to grab him. And for $25 million, that's like a bargain, I think. Dude, I keep thinking about <clears throat> uh, the Kieran Trippier and Lucas Digne um, contracts and the fact that they were able to get uh, Newcastle was able to get Kieran Trippier for 15 um, and Villa was able to get uh, Digne for 25. And yet Manchester United is out here paying 35 million for Darmion, 35 million for Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And I, if we we were obviously uh, linked to uh, Kieran Trippier, if we made that deal happen, we would have probably paid $45 million for him. So great business by both um, by both Villa and uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, crap. I've lost my train of thought. But horrible business by Manchester United. Great business by uh, Newcastle and Aston Villa for getting quality uh, fullbacks for on the cheap. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Premier League's pretty stacked of fullbacks right now, to be honest. Like, there is quite a quite a selection to choose from. So um, other transfers. Were there any other? Uh, oh, Newcastle also got... Uh, Chris Wood. So that was crazy. They got him for 20 million, which I think is a bit uh, all right, more than a bit ex- high. But hey, look at Newcastle just like going for it. They're like, fuck it. We got money. Chris Wood. Can we get him for 20? Why not? We got the funds to do it. Um, it, it feels like a weird mood uh, move by Sean Dyche um, to get rid of Chris Wood. But hey, whatever. Yeah, he'll find his uh, way in the Prem next year. I bet uh, Burnley and uh, my worm eater. I think that, you know, one man leaves, another man steps his place. I don't think, I mean, I think Chris Wood has talent, but I don't think he's anything special. And I think Sean Deitch can find a replacement for him pretty easily. And 20 mil is 20 mil. I don't think he's worth that. Um, Newcastle just reminds me so much of 2008 Manchester City, where they start paying um, pretty high prices for pretty average players to boost up their squad potential. And then in three years from now, they'll be making deals left and right for world-class players, and they'll be fighting for the top four. So that's depressing as hell. Um, But another move that I think we should definitely talk about is El Ghazi, his loan to uh, Everton. I thought El Ghazi was an awesome player for Aston Villa. Obviously, I'm not a huge Villa fan, so I can't tell you exactly what was going on with him and the club. But I think that's a great pickup for Everton. I think El Ghazi is super talented, still young. Um, and, you know, can really improve that Everton offense. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. I was like, OK, like I I thought he was very well off there at uh, Villa. Yeah. And I just don't really understand. But Everton needs I think Everton really needs a shakeup right now. So I feel like this could be the guy. So, yeah. I think he's going to do super well there. Um, I mean, I think their forwards are Andros Townsend and Redmond. Um, so they definitely needed a younger, more agile and and more clinical uh, winger on their team. And then, you know, looking across the league, um, Arsenal has been linked with the Italian super kid. I'm going to butcher his name. Watch this shit. Velocinif, whatever oh, his from name Florin- is on Fiorentina. From Florentina. Yeah, yeah, we're he's dirty we're, too. I we're trying to get player. we're trying to get him for like seventy 
million or something like that. Something crazy. But like Arsenal has finally been investing well in like really good young talent. Um, and then who's the other guy who I was I, in our group chat? I was posting about that Barcelona's eyeing to get as well. He plays in La Liga. I think Real Sociedad. He's a winger. Oh, oh, shoot. Yeah, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know his name. Sietis C- or something like that with a C. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but someone will remind me. But yeah, Arsenal, we're linked with a few people. We'll see. It might be a quiet January. Uh, how much longer do we have on the January transfer window? Just a few weeks? Is, is it just end at the end of January? I always forget. Someone, I, I saw some post saying that um, there's there was three days left to make a loan deal. Um, but I always think I always thought it ended at um, January 30th or or the 26th of January. I, I can't remember, but I mean, you know, January is usually a you know a, a lower key signing ritual than in the summer. But I think that the clubs who are making moves so far are making super intelligent moves. They you know, like you said, Kev, um, Arsenal is finally starting to buy really smart and really improve their squad depth and talent. Young too, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm mad jealous of that because while Arsenal is doing that, Manchester United is selling off. Uh, Eric Bai to AC Milan, while Phil Jones and Harry Maguire are still on the paycheck at Manchester United. So fucking brilliant, just fucking brilliant all round. Yeah, I am. Um, sorry, I, I don't mean to be tired, but I am. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I understand that Eric Bai. I was talking to you because we we're talking about this before the pod, but he's just injured all the time. But being that your only other option is Phil Jones, that is a good, a very good point, Martin. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I when you present me with Phil Jones, I go, ah, what can I do here? Um, oh, also, this is pretty massive news. Uh, Insignia going to Toronto FC. Yeah, retirement league. Um, I, did you, I have... did, oh, sorry. I was going to say, did you hear what the Toronto FC president said about how he got him? Yeah, he literally pulled at us and just Googled shit and found that he was out of contract and offered him a contract. Like, what the... F- how are you running a club? Dude, is it that easy to be, like, a GM? Like, you, you just know, go, like... I think it's gotta be, dude. I think it's gotta be. Ed Woodward just, could do it. He said, I actually... This is the Toronto FC president talking. He went, I actually went on... I went to the Transfer Market website and I looked up the Italian national team on what players were coming out of contract. I started writing down players that I thought there would that would be world class wow is it that easy is scouting that easy he just went oh yeah i'll check their fifa rating and then i went and checked their fifa rating and then i saw their (laughs) trans i went and played a couple rounds of career mode i i went on football manager like what it's it's nuts i can't believe we live in this world is insigne or is it icardi the one that has the whole wife cheating scandal i can't remember Oh, that's Icardi. So I think Icardi. Yeah. So Icardi is the one where he's posting uh, like softcore porn pics of him and his wife, like on Insta each day. Then they're then posting on their Sam's army. Uh, shout out uh, Barstool Sam, who's been on the pod. Uh, he's been posting the what's it called? Like whole saga. It's like watching like reality TV thread through his instagram like he's posting thirst traps of them and then instagram stories it's like me with like love island or <laughs> i 
so I the only reason I know this much about it is just through Sam's Army's Instagram account because he'll post like literally there's a picture of him where he had like a boner with her laying on her and I was like what Dude. the fuck is going on and he's like that's Whoa, how I found where... out about it that's how yeah. I found out about the whole thing because Sam's Army I'm rarely on Instagram and I saw Sam's Army posted and it was softcore and I was like what the fuck is this and then I clinked on the person that he tagged. And it was literally a Cardi's girlfriend who posted this picture. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I've made an absolute point to follow the saga. I think he calls it keeping up with the Cardi's or something. And it is <laughs> perfection. Like we all we always talk about our, our favorite part of soccer is the transfer rumors, the gossip, mm-hmm. the rumor mill. And He's- this is giving me life. This is what I want. I don't give two shits about. What are those shows called? Um, the Bachelor. I don't give two shits about The Bachelor, but I care a lot about Mario Icardi's personal life now, and I love it. Yeah, he he. Shout out Sam's Army. He's doing God's work. Uh, he's like TMZing it for us, so it's much appreciated. <laughs> and and you know how I I also thought of this. I forgot to bring it up. You know how I know when the January transfer window or really any windows about the end is I see every single and we do it too. Like lads will post about it, but like it's today's the last day. So you know, who's going to be the busiest man in the world for Brizio Romano. And it's like every account. I know you don't like him for no reason, but like it's literally every account is like this man must have like, they'll do like the meme of like him holding like 10 phones in his face. And it's just like, guys, like we get it. Like he's the, he's our, uh, Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, whatever. So I don't know. I just, that's, that's how I, that's how I find out. Dude, I, I will say he does, you know, he is the one where I get the majority of my information for, but he's always late to the party because it's already been leaked. So he's just a bandwagoner. All right. There I said it. Um, but <laughs> that's like, I, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, what was the basketball guy? who is like, I am just confirmed because LeBron James just said it, that he's heading to Miami. And we're all like, yeah, <laughs> we, we know LeBron just said he's going to Miami. It's, um, <laughs> he works for, he's on Fox sports. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, Oh, Chris Broussard. Remember that guy? Oh, oh my God. He had I like heard that name in forever. Holy yeah. Crap. But that's like an all time move just to be that like, is fantastic. I'm breaking the sh- news because the news has been broken. Yeah, it's like that was some real Anchorman shit. He really pulled like a real life Anchorman. Um, anywho, uh, any other transfer stuff? I know we lingered on this for a bit, but I think we kind of covered most of it. No, um, but oh, oh no, <laughs> uh-huh. no, it was just like I was like, I really thought we were moving on to next section. But when you said no, I was like genuinely surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just had this thought pop in my head. I want I want the fans to come up with. A uh, starting 11 for free agents um, going into Mm. summer of 2022. Um, Players that will be able to leave their uh, clubs for absolutely free. um, And the best players to be able to do that. And so I want to see how many players are going to just avert signing for a new club in this January to be able to leave their clubs for free and fuck over their clubs. Paul Pogba being absolute numero uno on that list. Um, and just find out the best starting 11. Mm. I would love to do also the best 
last day January signing uh, starting 11 of all time. Mm. So that'd be like Fernando Torres. I think Metza Ozil was one of ours. That's right. Uh, Fernandez, Bruno. Because yeah. Ed Woodward let that shit linger. Wasn't Kaká one too to Real Madrid? He was to yeah. Real Madrid, yeah. Um, that's uh, a, the fact that yeah, I pulled I out Kaká out of I pulled Kaká out of my ass that I remember that. Kind of, kind of proud of myself. Okay, let's do some FA Cup stuff. Um, I'll I'll rip the bandaid off. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Arsenal got knocked out by Nottingham Forest. It is, and I was like. Making fun of Newcastle for getting knocked out by Cambridge. I thought that was really cool. I could be like, ah, that's what you get, Newcastle. And then just, it's karma. It is real. I watched My Name is Earl, and I learned that it was real. And man, Martin, that sucks. Because there's always a part of me as an Arsenal fan, and I feel like all Arsenal fans feel this, that there's always a chance we can win the FA Cup. No matter if it's our down year, whatever, Arsenal yeah. is in the FA Cup, is just built different. It's like when LeBron puts on the mask or Kyrie has the untucked jersey. Um, it's just, you know, something bad's going to happen. Tom Brady has his, his head down and he looks pissed off. You're like, Arsenal in the FA Cup is built different. Being knocked out now just solidifies all the hope of us winning any type of silverware is now gone. But hey, Tottenham got knocked out today by Chelsea. So good. That's a, l- a little bit of positive going into the North London Derby this weekend. Yeah, and um, I, I think the funniest thing, well, probably not for you, but the last time Arsenal was knocked out in the fourth round was in 2018 by, you guessed it, Nottingham Forest. So I don't know. If I remember Nottingham that. Forest Fuck. Hates you Damn guys. I, I don't know why you guys only lose to Nottingham Forest. Um, at the <laughs> European Cup, but champion. European yes. champion, Nottingham Forest. <laughs> they always love to rub that in our face. Um, <laughs> same with uh, same with Villa. They have a European championship. I think they have two as well. Maybe one. Um, I think so. I know United has two, maybe three. Three, I think. Well, you have for sure two Champions Leagues. But I don't know if you have one of the older I, European I think we cups. won in like the 60s, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, I know Real Madrid, I think they always, they're like the New York Yankees, 13, 27 rings. I think they have like 13 Champions Leagues. Um, and then Livy's in second, I believe. And then Barca. Six. And then yeah. Barca, and then like uh, United Iron? is tied with eight other players, or eight other teams in, in fourth or fifth. Yeah, because Chelsea, Chelsea has two. I think Bayern has a few. I think they got someone. But then again, it was it's like when we used to do the World Cups because there was East and West Germany, like what that's right. part of it. People forget about the old Berlin Wall and like how teams used to be split up. Um, I'm trying to think who else is like who've won a lot of I think Dort, Dortmund has two, right? Doesn't like some Turkish team, like whether it's Galatasaray or Bestikas have one or two. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah, I think one of the, um, what's that? What's that one Russian team that always gets into the Red Champions Star. League? I think Red Star Belgrade has like one or two. I think you're right. I think it was in 1994, actually, because I remember really? seeing. So I remember that seeing recent? this Instagram post of the year you were born um, matches up with your uh, with the Champions League. Uh, winner and I think I was shocked that Red Star uh, was up there or, or it was some weird like Russian team in the mid 90s 
Hmm. I'm going to start Googling that because uh, I'm actually like really fucking curious about this. Um, but yeah, I, I got nothing else about Nottingham Forest or anything like that. I'm just I'm just bummed. Yeah, I mean, I, I got nothing else. Uh, obviously, downer for trophyless Arsenal. Um, jumping across the way to Manchester United versus Aston Villa. I mean, it was a pretty crappy match in terms of quality. Um, uh, big names were left out from oh, shit. Cristiano Mario, Ronaldo. You were right. Making the bench. Huh? It was 1991, Red Star Belgrade. Holy shit, my memory is back, baby. Also, we forgot to shout out AC Milan. They have a ton. Oh my god, that yeah, that's that's on us. That's a, that is on us. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking at all the winners. It's it's cool seeing like PSV, Ajax, um, Mars Marseille won one. Wow. Did Young Boys ever win one? I'm taking a look right at Celtic has one. How the fuck does Arsenal not have one? And fucking <laughs> Celtic has one. <laughs> Are you fucking joking? How the fuck do you not have one? Jesus Christ, that makes no sense. Well, Eto was offside. We all know I, this. I two thousand six. <laughs> all right, go back to you can go back to United Villa. That's fine. I'm sorry. I was just like I was just like shocked that the Red Star. But not that you were. I was just like 1990. Just feels so recent. Yeah, it was, it's one of those weird fucking facts that I can just pull out of nowhere. I, I can't remember Jack all from school, um, from high school or college, but I can remember Red Star Belgrade won in the mid-90s a Champions League. Thanks, Brain. Brain. Um, but yeah, United versus Aston Villa, it was kind of a shit show of a match. Um, the quality just wasn't there from either, t- uh, either side. David De Gea. Put out some great saves to keep United in it. Um, Greenwood, he can shoot the ball with his left foot and his left foot only. Um, I, this Aston Villa team, I, it's just a... I, I like this team, and I'm excited to play them again. Hope for another W. But what I want to get to is Newcastle getting kicked out. What a bunch of losers. Oh, that gives me so much joy. <laughs> Yeah, people people really do be praying for Newcastle's demise. Um, I'm not really one of them. I think it's kind of fun uh, to see everybody kind of melt down about Newcastle. When Martin, let me let me spin this for you. Can I do a, a spin zone for Newcastle? If you can spend terrorist money making a club good, okay. I am all about it. Okay, okay. Um, there are only hope in stopping Man City. I'll take Manchester City's semi-terrorist money over Newcastle's full-on terrorist money all day of the week. I'm a, dude, I've accepted City is just going to fucking win forever. I, I'm at peace with it. I could care less. Um, as long as they don't get a Champions League title, whatever. You guys are great. Wow. You have won four out of the last six years. Wow. Pep Guardiola is the greatest coach ever. Wow. Yeah. Snooze fest. I could care less about Manchester City. Newcastle, I want to see relegated. Yeah, I okay. I tried. I, I did. <laughs> I, I did my best, and I know Newcastle is a little bit a little bit more in terms of the violence and terrorism stuff like that. I don't know of Man City as much, so I don't feel as comfortable labeling them into the same group because I've seen a lot of Man City fans say don't associate with us. Obviously, they deal with oil and stuff like that. Um, Newcastle is a whole different thing, and I haven't done enough about it, but I just know it's not good. 
Um, State but, sponsored. That's all you yeah. need to know. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I tried. I just thought, you know, if you're at peace with Man City, just going to like go on this absolutely historic run where they're going to win four out of the next five Premier Leagues. I mean, they, they're going to win the Premier League this year. Um, I don't know. I just, I was just like, I was trying to look for some silver lining with this Newcastle buyout. I'm like, okay, well, they can, you know, go out, go stop them. And then now we're stuck with another monster at the top. But <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, My question to you, though, Kev, this weekend, um, and I, I think uh, this reigns true, but I think this weekend is the last chance to stop City from a sure title, no matter what. This is the last, this is the last fight. This well, is hold the ball. Let's let's do our weekend preview. All right, welcome to the weekend pre. I wish we had like I, I was like ba, ba, not ba, ba, late. Ba. I wasn't lazy and like didn't just upload. Like I told my buddy, I was like, "Oh, so do you edit the podcast?" I'm like, "Fuck no, I'm too lazy, dog." <laughs> it's like, off the cuff, baby. Yeah, whatever you're gonna get, like this is what you're gonna get. Um, We're, and, we'll never be fake. How about no? That? We'll be we'll be authentic at all times uh, because Kevin is lazy as fuck. So. You have 300 episodes of Kevin being lazy. He could have put in new music. He's been using the same music. I think I changed the outro like once and that was it. Push um, a T for life. Push a T will always be the intro though. Until push a, <laughs> push, a, push a T will never change. Um, the outro push. can change. Yeah. Um, but all right, let's get into our weekend preview. Um, let's just start off with Man City Chelsea. 7.30 a.m. Eastern East Coast oh, time. Um, on Peacock, that also sucks. But yeah, going into this, Chelsea has been in rather poor form. This is the last kind of ditch effort for Chelsea to have a chance, and they, this would be a must win for them. But it is at the Etihad, the Etihad. Um, going into this, I just don't like how Chelsea match up with City at all. Like in terms of just talent <laughs> and just current form and all i mean a lot of chelsea fans are like well we beat them in the champions league final i mean like man city in the regular season is different than Ch- man city in the champions league whatever happens in the champions league pep gets in his own head he has to rethink everything in the regular season pep is a monster so how do you think this one's going yeah i mean i think you hit the nail on the head with i mean chelsea i, I don't like this team i don't think this team is good i don't think their tactics are good um, at this current moment. Um, so I think it does advantage skill, advantage tactics, Manchester City. But I do think there is a bit of an emotional game between Tuchel and Pep, between uh, Chelsea and Manchester City. And so I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, uh, Chelsea fans were thinking that they were going to get their ass kicked by Liverpool. And I thought that they wholeheartedly deserved to win that game, not draw that game. So I think Chelsea is going to go into this kind of one of two directions. They're either going to play balls to the wall or they're going to sit back in that typical Tuchel fashion and, and work that counterattack and try and get a goal and, and hold the line. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Keppa is going to be the starting goalkeeper. So that throws a whole nother wrench Whoa. in the works. I Whoa. believe Mendy is, is gone on international duty at um, um, the African Cup of Nations. So it's it's going to be a super interesting game. Riyad Mahrez is obviously not available for um, Manchester City, but then again, they have an entire bench worth of starting 11 caliber players. Um, so if, if gun to my head, I would think Manchester City would win it easily. 
but you just never know. And so I, I'm, if I'm a betting man, I'd put my money on Chelsea. I'll put it that way. Really? I just think Tuchel really needs to like go for it this match. I don't think you can sit back and did do what he did with Liverpool, and the next thing you know, you're two goals down. Liverpool has been a little bit compromised at the back. Man City is so solid at the back that if Man City is two goals up on you, I would be like, you're already done. Like, I really think wholeheartedly. I I think Chelsea really needs they can't sit back because like everyone says about Man City is death by a thousand cuts and they will hold that possession. They will break you down and they will score goals. I I just can't see this going. I if I was a betting man, I'm take. I know you're saying Chelsea. I'm taking Man City. If it's in the Champions League, I think it's different because Pep overthinks it. I don't think Pep overthinks this. He's just like, I want revenge. I'm going to take it out. It's at home with our fans. I think Pep's gonna. Uh, I think Man City is going to dominate this match. Oh, it's going to be an early one, and you know. Uh, shout out to the real ones on the West Coast who have to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning to watch this. Uh, and I, I just, I, I hope that this game is a wholehearted bloodbath. I hope Chelsea makes a stand because like we were saying before, if Manchester City goes on to win this match, I don't think very many other teams can take points off of them. And they're already, what, 11 points ahead of second place. And they're just going to walk to the finish line like they usually do. Um, so for all the talk about how this is such an exciting year, this is so cool, uh, normal, normal activities are now proceeding. City is walking away. They've won the league by January. oop de fucking do All right, let's move on to another game then. Uh, the rematch from the FA Cup, Villa versus Manchester United. This is at Villa Park. Um, for me, I feel like the teams now, it's hard to beat a team twice, Martin. So I'm giving Villa a little bit of points there. I think they're both going to come very energized, way more organized. I think this is going to be probably, I know Man City Chelsea is the two top six clubs and they're semi contending for the title, even though we've kind of assumed that Man City's already won it. I think this might be the most exciting match of the weekend. Have you seen Manchester United play? No matter what match we play in, it's a bore fest. It's, ugh. I, I'm not excited for this. I think we're going to win, and it's just going to be a boring 1-0 victory again, uh, filled by performances of half-hearted attempts in the midfield. I just, at this point in time, Kev, I just hope Ralph Rugnick just throws caution to the wind, starts just crazy positions, crazy people in crazy positions. Start Donny Van de Beek. What? What? Why? Why wouldn't you? Obviously, our team is shit. Um, and I think Steven Gerrard is going to continue his career of losing to Manchester United. I don't see him getting a W um, at, uh, at this game during the weekend. So I'm calling, once again, a 1-0 victory for United. Borfest, don't watch this game. I'm hyping it up. Watch the shit out of it. I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying Aston Villa upset 2-1. Let's go, baby. 2-1. This, this, this is for you, Paul. Uh, all right, Sunday. I'm, I'm hopping around here, but I think another really exciting game could be West Ham leads. Uh, both these teams are in kind of weird form. West Ham started off really hot, but they've kind of cooled off a little bit. And they seem to be all over the place, especially with that last match against Crystal Palace. And Leeds is such a wild card. So 
I'm feeling a goal fest for this one. I'm feeling like a three, three affair. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on that. Um, I think that West Ham is good. They're not great. They're nothing special. Leeds is fighting for their lives at this point with Biesla in and around the relegation zone this entire uh, season so far. Devin Moyes with a point to prove that he is still a damn good coach. I think this is going to be a fun match. Antonio couldn't score at all today against Norwich. Um, it's a goddamn shame because I added him to my fantasy team. So that totally checks out. Still very bad at that game. Um, but this is going to be a fun match. Kev said Manchester United versus Villa is going to be a banger. I think this is going to be a banger. Uh, there's nothing more fun than just two squads going out to score and playing minimal defense. Yeah, I'm actually very excited for that. And then right afterwards, we have the North London Derby Spurs versus Arsenal at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, both teams are on the up and up. Uh, Antonio Conte, obviously better manager than Mikel Arteta. That's not really disputable. But both are working with very two different, very different squads. Antonio Conte kind of inherited a, you know, Josie Mourinho kind of clusterfuck squad with some veterans and some very good players. Arteta's working with uh, a very young and high ceiling team. So for me, if I were going to pick who I believe would probably win this from a neutral standpoint, I would probably have to go with Tottenham, but with the Arsenal fan. No, I mean, Antonio Conte has done wonders with the squad. They have. He's um, lost two in a row. And. Yes, Martin. I no, Martin. I know. I'm just saying, but it's at Tottenham Stadium. It's Antonio Conte. When he was at Chelsea, he dominated Arsenal. I mean, I guess besides that FA Cup game, but where they lost in the final. But what I'm saying is, I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. But I think it's going to be a very exciting North London derby, like a two-two affair here. Yeah, we always talk about uh, whether it's the Manchester derby or. Um the Merseyside Derby or, or the North London Derby, where there are certain games throughout the season that are kind of standalone games um, where your current form, your current position in, in the table doesn't matter. When you play Tottenham, when you play Arsenal, you know each team is going to go balls to the wall with a point to prove. And there's some the North London Derby is one of my favorite derbies out there. Um, and these two seems, teams don't like each other. They do not. And they usually get in fights on the field, which is my favorite. Um, so I, I think that it's going to be a fun game no matter what. I think this weekend is packed full of fun games to watch. Um, but I, I got to take the opposite approach, um, to you, Kev, um, when predicting this, I think Arsenal is, you know, regardless of the loss to Nottingham Forest, I think Arsenal in the Prem has showed leaps and bounds of improvement, and Conte's Tottenham is somewhat stagnant. Um, I don't think they're any better than how they were under goddamn uh, Jose Mourinho. I don't think that this team is really taken, and it, it goes back to the players. I mean, Mourinho has said it, Conte has said it. This team is not that great. Um, and I think the momentum and the motivation is on Arsenal's, uh, Arsenal's side. So I'm going to call an Arsenal win, and I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here, Kev. I'm saying a three-one Arsenal W. I would f- fucking love that, Martin. Trust me, I'm here to tell you that like if this Arsenal squad is firing on all cylinders and you get like a lethargic Spurs side, 
then I could see that happening. But I feel like Antonio Conte, after the loss to Chelsea, he's going to get his team ready. And you always can say that about Antonio Conte's side. He gets them ready to go. So I'm saying a 2-2 affair. Harry Kane loves scoring against us. God damn it. I hate when I have to say that. But I don't know. I feel like both these teams... In certain areas, match up really. Both these teams match up very well against each other. So, I'm going to still. I'm going to go with the draw. I know it's boring, but and I know you want me to pick Arsenal, but I. I just. I'm. I'm keeping my journalistic integrity. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Let's hop around. Um. Worst match of the weekend: Newcastle Watford. Come on, you Moose Hornets! Oh, oh. come on, you Moose Hornets! Give it to me. Um. Uh, if I had to be a betting man on this, I would pick Eddie Howe's Newcastle. But shoot, I would love it if I saw our old man Claudio get the W here and put uh, Newcastle into further misery. Yeah, I'm going with Is Claudio. Is Eddie Howe going to last the season if he's constantly hovering around the uh, relegation zone? That's a question I want answered. Hmm. If he loses bad to Watford, I think it, it starts the it, it's starting the cookie starting to crumble. Um, let's see, Leicester Burnley. I mean, Leicester should just win that outright. I know it's at turf more, but less. I think this is a bounce back game for Leicester. Yeah, we we've talked over the past couple about how Leicester is kind of far below expectations thus far in the league so i think this has to be a bounce back league uh irrelevant they just become irrelevant yeah and i know jamie vardy has been hurt the majority of the season they're a young great defender um thomas has been injured quite a bit mads has been injured quite a bit so they've obviously been plagued by injury also big shout out to yori tillemans he is the player with the most minutes um, in his career under the age of 25. He's currently 24 and he's played like, I think like 2,500 minutes so far in his career. And, you know, Rashford has been playing since he was 18 and he's, I think like eighth most and he's only played 1,800 minutes. So everybody's talking about how Rashford has, you know, been run down by the amount of games he's played. But Yori Tillman just seems to be improving and improving and improving. And I love that Belgian kid. I love Leicester. I hope this is a bounce-back game for them. And I can't wait to see Jamie Vardy back on the pitch. Yeah, I really want to see... When he leaves the Premier League, I'm going to be really bummed. We should just do some cocaine of Red Bull in in honor of him when he leaves. I I mean, God. Smelling salts or whatever. Smelling salt and Red Bull. Yeah, definitely not cocaine. Um, How do you feel about Rashford? Quick aside. There's been a lot of Rashford. There's been a lot of Rashford hate going around. Um, Not as a person, obviously, like as a person, yeah, he's, that's, he's an that's angel. He's a, he's, he's a he's a perfect person. But like a lot of Manchester United fans have kind of really fallen out with this play. Um, I think that. I think that he was thrust into the spotlight on a bad Manchester United teams so often since he burst onto the field in the beginning where it is taking an an emotional toll on him. The burnout is real. Um, I think that he has been the focal point and talked about as a young leader so often to the point where some of that has gotten into his head um, and some of the negativity has gotten into his head where he is really facing some some personal issues and he's been open about that and it's, it's truly affecting his play. I mean, there was a point in the Villa game where 
a ball bounced off of Martinez's chest where Ashy was three yards away and he made absolutely no effort to get there. He doesn't track back like he used to. So I'll be honest, I think he needs a good long time on the bench to sort himself out. I think that there are uh, wingers and forwards that we have that are better and more motivated than him. And look, like you said, man, he's a great person. There's no doubting that. But it's it's interesting. Ollie Gunnar Solchar said that he should focus on football. And he got a lot of slack for saying that. But I think that is very true. I think that he's just burnt out a bit. And I hope that he can rediscover his form. But right now, he should not start for Manchester United. Take a sabbatical. Go Take to, like, a sabbatical. Those... Fucking Eric Katona took a fucking year sabbatical. Not by his choice, but he did take a sabbatical. He had to go find himself. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those weird Silicon Valley people who go into the middle of the desert. Um, fucking Silicon Valley can fuck right off. Who um, was it? Like Jared Leto? He didn't know about the pandemic till like a month in because he's in that weird cult. Did you hear about that? Another no, side, no, but... Kev, what do you think? <laughs> um, no, I did not hear about anything like that. I did hear King Eric say, fuck Qatar, fuck World Cup 2022, <laughs> and I am all about that noise. If you have any cojones, all the listeners, if you have any cojones, don't watch the World Cup in 2022. This shit sucks. This is bullshit. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, just the amount of lives that were lost and essentially slave labor and indentured servitude going over in Qatar. Yeah. I mean, Eric Katona, to be fair, is a really weird fucking guy, but he's kind of has like a really good heart when it comes to environmentalists and like anti-war. Mm-hmm. He's very anti-war, anti-imperialism and stuff like that. So, yeah, if you um, get the chance, if you get the chance, read his uh, um, number one, read his biography, but number two, read his uh, his piece on the Players Tribune. He wrote about how his grandfathers on on both sides escaped the spanish civil war and then um world war uh, one and how he was literally raised by immigrants and how that truly shaped his upbringing and like this dude is obviously seen as king cantona and king eric and this badass hard motherfucker but this is you know he is such a genuine guy with a heart of gold um he was one of the he's first crazy proponents <laughs> of, uh, yeah he is it was one of the first proponents of uh, the one percent. Um, he is, you know, he's he's very outspoken about the World Cup, um, very outspoken about human right abuses um, throughout the world. So for all of his craziness, especially in his playing days, there's a different type of man. So I'd say heed King Eric. Listen, you peasants, don't watch this shit. All right. Hey, we're back. I don't know what the fuck happened. My laptop shut off and we're just going to do fan questions now. We're going to wrap up the pod. So thanks everyone who submitted uh, questions for the pod. You guys are fucking awesome. Uh, first question comes from our Twitter. Follow us at Lads Podcast. Uh, Extinction Bound, my good friend Brian B. Carp, he says, what does Martin think of Man U possibly going in for Declan Rice for $115 million? Well, we can always ruin another player. I wouldn't put it past <laughs> we us. got room yeah we got room if, if you want to have your career ruined come on over Declan um he's definitely one I, of the best number sixes in the I would I would I would oh even say God. the world but he's Declan no Declan Rice is fucking class everything runs through him at West Ham Declan Rice is really fucking Ham. good yeah Declan Rice is good I think he would be an excellent addition for a lot of clubs. However, I think Manchester United has a penchant for ruining 
good, clean talent. Um, he isn't my top pick as a number six, but I wouldn't be mad. However, the asking price for you said 115 million. If it's 150 or 115 million, that out of this world. I, I, I 80 I million think. sounds good. 80 million sounds a lot, but good and realistic. That is just nuts English though. tax, mate. English tax. English tax, and the fact that Manchester United could have bought him at multiple points over the past three years for like 40, 50, 60, 80 million dollars is the typical way to do business at Manchester United. We'll pay top dollar for an average player. <sighs> yeah, fair. Next question comes from Brock. Uh, he says, Afri- he says, AFCON greater than CONCACAF. Ooh, little African yeah. company. I mean, yeah, fair. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Uh, especially after today. Facts. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sebastian Soccer Physio says, does Martin love or hate Chris Armas? Who? The BBC uh, sideline reporter and like commentator, Chris Armas. Sure. I love him. Let's go for that. Oh, he no, I'm 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 mixing up two people. I'm so sorry. He is currently an assistant at Manchester United. I'm going to have to read into that. I know Darren Fletcher, Mike Fullen, um, my boy just left to coach at Ipswich Town. Carrick's obviously retired from the game. I, I can't put the name to the face right now, so sorry to disappoint. Oh, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of somebody else from the BBC. Camera. Oh, that's who I'm. Th- thank you. What do you think about him? Just curious. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking weird, but all right. Okay. Hold on. Cool. I got to do some Googling, see which one Chris Armas is. Yeah, I don't know who the fuck Chris Armas is. He was, he's an American. Oh, he's an American coach. Um, and former player. Okay. He played for the New York Red Bulls. See how much I know. Oh, no, he coached the New York Red Bulls. He played for the L.A. Galaxy and the Chicago Fire for a long time. He was on the Puerto Rico national team, and then he switched nationalities. Oh, and for played fuck's for his, sakes, he's for an MLS United. fucking coach. Good God. But he's an assistant at your club, Martin. So I'm thoughts. Aware. Give me your thoughts Either. right now. Apparently, Ralph Rugnick brought him in, and oh, he was fuck. only allowed to bring in like three other coaches. So what a disappointment! <sighs> All right, so that's how Martin feels about Chris Armas. Uh, next question. Uh, this is from our former boss, Andrew J. Dupont. He <laughs> says, if European, African, and South American professional leagues had the same financial resources, which so he ran out of room to finish his question because <laughs> it's Instagram. So I'm assuming he's saying which would be the best league. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's all financially the same. How do I know that Europe is not investing it in certain things that are better than the South American or the African league? I think it would definitely put them in all similar footing. But like one could go on a run and be dominant for certain reasons. The other um, is it based on work ethic? Is it based on their scouting? Is it based on their, there's so many factors. Like you can't just say like, if everything was financially square, like you also have to have good leadership. You have to be savvy. I, I would say they'd probably be on equal footing. 
Uh, I'm going to take a page out of, I can't remember if it was Balotelli, Etoa, or Drogba, and say African uh, leagues would be the best because the amount of immigrants who could play for African countries that play for top-level teams for club and country in Europe. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say Africa would have the best talent pool um, and best league if everything was equal and there was not such thing as corruption and referees who refed Mali versus Tunisia did not exist. Mm. In a perfect world, I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I kind of buy into that, yeah. All right, last question. Dom Dom 1033. I wanted to save this for the last question. Who would win in a fight? Martin or Kevin? No rules. We've done this. It's me. <laughs> it is you. <laughs> because I'm fucking crazy and you're just way crazier. Like I think <laughs> us like as a tag, like us together, that person's dead because we just won't care. We'll gouge out eyes. We'll rip off noses. That doesn't matter. I just know you. And your mind it works way crazier than mine. <laughs> this and, is tried and tested, Dom Dom. <laughs> yeah. Me and Martin, when we were at VMI, used to go to the wrestling room and just beat the shit out of each other for hours because that's all we could do. We weren't allowed phones at the military academy or anything. We were like, we want to go beat each other up and <laughs> that find, sounds fun. <laughs> find out more about our sexuality. Yeah. And it was, you know, uh, eye-opening for a lot of us but no like martin would just he's your fucking squirrely motherfucker and you just i'd just be like how am i already tapped so <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna defer to martin on this one <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks guys uh enjoy the premier league weekend uh we uh are very happy the premier league is back we missed you and uh everyone have a great weekend stay safe out there bye peace I'll be your dream, I'll be your wish, I'll be your fantasy. I'll be your hope, I'll be your love, be everything that you need. I'll love you more with every breath, truly, madly, deeply do. I will be strong, I will be faithful, cause I'm counting on a new Oh, my.